Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me as always is... Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason. I didn't think ahead for like some banter to say at the beginning of this. Sometimes I tried to at least kind of have like a key moment to talk about. I have none. It's fine. We can just move on. But I think people like to hear that. I don't know why, but they do. Uh, they might. Let's see. Ooh, um, um, the one thing that has been happening a lot lately around here is um, if some 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 of you that listen to us are friends with us personally on Facebook, and so you've gotten to see us post some uh, lovely pictures from Jason's past, um, which I believe are full of regret and bad hairstyles. Not that one. That one picture, I look, I look awesome. I'm sticking with that one. You are making like the squintiest, like ridiculous face. I look like a face. professional wrestler. Okay? No, you don't. I don't know why he said that. No, you don't. I look awesome in that picture. The other one where I'm wearing like the, the cutoff shirt <laughs> the with like the beater. long, f- the long flowy blonde highlights that are grown out. Yeah, that's bad. It, it almost looks like a mullet. So I was looking at this photo album. Um, from Jason's mom with our youngest daughter. And she was like, why did daddy have such bad hair? I'm like, I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> Back in the day, that <laughs> hair was cool, okay? The blonde, it was not. The blonde highlights phase, there's one where it looks like... Blonde highlights were cool. There's one where it looks like you have a Greg Brady perm, which is just your natural curls, but you just brush them out. They look terrible. I look cool in that one picture. That one picture. You hold on to that, babe. I want to post it in the Riveted and everyone's going to look at it. (laughs) They're going to see how cool I look. But if you post that one, you have to post the other one that I posted. Nope, because those don't exist. No no other ones exist except for that one good one. I'll find a worse one and post it in the Riveted. I mean, it shouldn't be hard. (laughs) The whole book is full of them. (laughs) (laughs) Also, like Jason's mom... um, not his real mom, but his basically adoptive mom. She, I think, really believes in the action shot. So a lot of the pictures in there are like people not looking at the camera or being caught by surprise or in the middle doing something else. So there, there's a lot of awkward faces, um, looks, aside from actually the awkward clothing and hair that Jason chose. Yeah, I mean, I do look awesome in that one picture. I don't know. Oh my gosh, why? It's not. It's okay, but it's honestly isn't that good of a picture. I don't know why you keep dwelling on that. Uh, Your head looks square. I have a square head. You look like you're squinting because you need glasses. I'm squinting probably because she's standing in front of me in a dark room, shining the flash (laughs) in my face. Anyway, uh, that, that's been our recent enjoyment and entertainment around the house is looking at these pictures. So um, Your enjoyment. Uh, our kids were getting a kick out of it, too. Because our kid is a jerk. <laughs> Stop. Anyway, that's all I have at the top of the show. I just happened to be sitting here um, in the living room where I can see this photo album. and so It's it, nice and flowery, too, which is pretty is, cool. It looks like... Old like '90s couch cushion flower prints. <laughs> it does. It looks like that one couch your grandparents have. Oh, kind of. That one's a little more tasteful though, because my grandma has taste. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> anyway, so um, after this episode drops, we'll we'll post some of those photos for your enjoyment, so you can be part of the joke. And eventually, when some of our faithful listeners get here in like a year, they can catch up. <laughs> yeah, I don't necessarily know if they're in on the joke or it's I am the joke. I don't. Potato, I don't, potato. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I love you so much. You're so pretty. Except in all of those pictures. <laughs> Except those pictures. <laughs> you made some bad choices. And to be fair. I, I knew what I was getting into. That was one of the first things I did after we started dating. I went to his closet and was like, okay, this shirt, gotta go. This shirt is shiny. No more. It's 2006. Gots to go. Yeah, I used to have these amazing shiny shirts that if they hit the light just right, it looked like they were shining in all of their awesome glory. And if you stood too close and open flame, it would go up like immediately <laughs> because it was made of such grotesque synthetic fibers. Polyester. It was nasty. They were so stupid. And it would have been fine in like maybe 98 or even like early 2000s. But like 
we were moving into the next decade of the 2000s, and those shirts were done. I don't know if you know this about me or not, but (laughs) I'm not one that normally adheres to the trends that are popular in the fashion world. (gasps) So What? I was starting my own thing called Retro Chic. That's what I was doing. (laughs) In order for it to be chic, you can't buy it at the Goodwill. Yeah, right. Goodwill's, Goodwill's too rich for my blood. Those are hand-me-downs. That's the reason why I had to step in and be like, no, no, trash bag. And I did. You did. It was a sad day. Sad day. You li- Let's stop talking about it. I'm about to cry. Look where you are now. 16 years later, we're anymore. still together, babe. Yeah, and you're not wearing those gross, shiny shirts, and you don't have bad blonde <laughs> highlights. You just wait. That's what I'm going to have Karen do next time. She is loyal to me. That's true. Our hairdresser was my hairdresser first. She will not do something bad like that to you. Uh, Anyway, that was probably too much of random banter at the beginning of the episode. Let's move on and actually get into our episode and start with um, crowdfunding news Kickstarter. Got some really interesting picks this week. Um... That I'm excited to talk about. One I've had my eye on for a while now. Um, I forget how long it was set out on Kickstarter, but I've seen it and it funded really quickly. And it's called The Stuff of Legend. And actually, The Stuff of Legend is um, a New York Times bestseller graphic novel, I believe. Um, I was trying to see if it was graphic novel or comic. Um, oh, I just thought it was called Stuff of novel. Legend because it was the sequel to. Stuff fable, so I just thought no, they were doing I play I, on that. And for the like fourth time, I told you it's not the same, but it's kind of a similar premise. Are you sure you said that before? You don't like Dijon mustard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've said it before. So this is based on um, a New York Times bestselling graphic novel. Um, and in it, it's like three to six players. So you are one of these boys' toys. His loyal toys. Um, there's like a, a princess. Um, there's like a ballerina kind of dancer. There's a pig. There's a duck. Um, there's a bear. I um, Just many. I forget how many toys there are total. Um, nine. Nine characters that you can be. Um, so you, the boogeyman has taken your boy And so you have to go into the dark to find him and find the pathway home out of the dark. It looks really cool. So it's cooperative, um, but there's also a hidden trader mechanic, which I don't usually love. But the the thing is, um, allegiances can change both ways um, through the game. So at the beginning, everyone's randomly given like in allegiance and sometimes you know the boogeyman whispers in the toy's ear and makes them come over to his side or you're loyal to to the boy um and so you are like going through and battling the boogeyman's minions um to try and rescue the boy but some people might sabotage that if they're loyal to the boogeyman um you're find you know finding other maybe toys to help you. Um, each of them, ha- each of the different toys has special powers. Um, and you're trying to like navigate through this board. And there's these different sections of the dark, which is where you are. Um, and so only one person in the group can explore, like can peek ahead at the map to see where the exit is for that area and report back to the group. So you're hoping that person is loyal to the boy and is going to show you the way out. Um, there's a lot of different interesting things going on in this game. The artwork is cute. I love that theme. I'm really interested in looking at the graphic novel, actually, after having looked at this. Um, I just love that. So if you're interested in that kind of idea, in a way, it does remind me of Stuff Fables, but this is more kind of grown up because this game was designed by Kevin Wilson, who did Arkham Horror and Descent. Um, so it is a little bit darker, but it, it kind of has some of those you know feelings you're seeing again. So if you if you like Kevin Wilson, if you like the idea of being these boys' toys to go rescue him, or 
being loyal to the boogeyman check out the stuff of legend there are five days left on the kickstarter as of um friday when this episode drops it's 70 bucks because there is a lot of stuff in there including some miniatures if you just get that basic pledge level that does sound pretty neat um it it, the storyline feels a little bit like stuff fables same kind of almost the same kind of storyline but I think a more grown-up version of that could be cool. But I do think Stuff Fables, the more that I think about that game, I think Rory would really like that. I have only been telling you that for the past... I know. And you're you're wearing me down. Hmm. It's like I know things. It's like when you throw away my shiny shirt, you know what's best for me. I do. Even when you don't know yourself, I do know. Yeah. But Stuff of Legends sounds cool. It, it does really sound cool. Probably not my style of game, but... People are going to dig it for Right. Sure. I think there are some people that really would like this style of game. And the artwork's neat. It is like Subfables, but definitely a darker version. So I don't know that I would play it with kids. Um, but it, it really, I don't, I was trying to think if there is an age on it. I didn't, I don't see one. The art is by Charles Paul Wilson III, who did the original artwork of the graphic novel and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, some stuff for them. So cool. Yeah. So check that out. My next one is a little bit lighter, both in art and subject. So this game is called Vajvodina, Vajvodina, Vajvod. I'm not sure. It's a region in the Balkan Peninsula. So um, that's why I'm not good at pronouncing it. Because um, I'm, I'm just... Not good with my my Balkan languages, <laughs> but in it, it's it's a really simple game, two to four players, 30, 60 minutes, um, really pretty artwork about these fields in this region in the Balkans. Um, you kind of set up a basic map and then you get a handful of cards on your turn. You either discard or just get rid of a card to take a field tile or you play a card down in front of you to play your field tile onto the map. I think there's maybe a little bit more to it than that. But after, and then once you've done that, either use the card from your hand to draw a field tile by discarding it or um, keeping the card and putting the field tile down, you're using the field tile to cover up these um, other field tiles that are part of the map um, because you want to get grain from the fields and things that you covered up. The reason why you need the grain is those cards that you turn down are um, different cities. And so you want to cover up enough grain to feed all your cities. If you do, you get money for that. And money is points. Also, if you get um, like different types of cities that grow different types of grain, there's a little bit of a set collection that can give you money as well. However, if you don't get enough grain... You're paying back the difference. You're losing it from the, the treasury. So you're like really trying to balance um, covering up enough grain, what you're putting down, but you want to get, you know, some good money out of those things. So it looks like a really neat, uh, light little tile placement game with pretty artwork. So that is Vaj Voldina. Vaj Voldina. If someone speaks Serbian, you are welcome to correct me. There are five days left um, when this episode drops on that Kickstarter, and the base pledge is thirty bucks. Yeah, this was interesting because we were looking at this at dinner, and it was they were only wanting two thousand dollars to make this the game fund, and it funded it with like twenty seven hundred dollars or something. So yeah, it's it's interesting, but it it sounds good. It sounds like a nice little light game, and it looks pretty good. I looked at the page; it looks pretty nice. Yeah, a quick setup. I think they said it's setup takes less than a minute, so. Sometimes it's nice to have those games that you can just lay out, get set up quickly, kind of do a nice little filler, easy, relaxing turn. Oh, and so once you once you play one of your cards in those two ways, you then pass the hand to the player to your left. And you keep playing until the, all the cards are done in your hand. Oh, a little drafting. That's cool. Yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, check that one out. Um, my last one is... What I think is an underutilized theme in games, but has so much stinking potential. And this game is called Critical Care, the Game. So this is a card game about working in an ICU. And actually, it was created by an ICU doctor from Boston, who happens to like board games. 
And this is so cool. So you have seven days to save your patients in the ICU. So everyone gets a patient. Um, You have your little player board that looks like a patient chart and your patient goes on there. Each of your patient has like a recovery bonus that can be helpful. Um, And then they also have some injury going in and on your chart, you track their injuries. They can have different kinds of injuries to different parts. Um, You draw an injury card and whatever is affects them in different ways. I saw when they were doing a live playthrough, um, they pulled an injury card for a patient and it was lung cancer. So there was inflammation there was uh, lung damage and there's a crisis token, which um, I think if you, is it three or five? I think it's five of each type of injury. No, three of each type of injury because there's five types of injuries. If you get all those filled up on a patient, you're in trouble or five crisis tokens. Um, So you kind of go through like a round like you're doing your rounds in the ICU. So you'll take like a rounding card. Each day starts with rounding and you look at the patient's diagnosis and it can like affect it. So like if they have sepsis, for example, they have a blood injury and they have an inflammation injury. And so a lot of stuff is actually like really thematic in that. And um, there are certain complications. Then, then they can have new complications. They maybe have a seizure and that affects their brain. They've got some brain injury. Um, so if the, it gets worse. Like if the, if they, it's worse if the patient has like, um, if they're epileptic. So there's like all these interesting complications, sicker patients. So they've been there longer and have all these other things. They tend to get more complication cards. So it's actually, you know, really thematic, um, during, in your shifting ICU starts with your pager going off. So there's these pager alert cards. Um, and one of them is like, oh, a therapy dog comes in. So you remove like two crisis tokens from every patient or whatever. And then on your turn, you can play up to 12 hours of therapies on any of the patients. So it's a team game. So you're trying to help everyone heal the patient they have um, for their ICU rounding. So each card, each type of therapy that you do, like a bronchoscopy or whatever it might be, takes a certain amount of time. Um, So you can only play up to 12 hours of time for therapy cards, which I think is really cool. Like that is so on target. And then you can get specialist cards um, as you gain experience, which really helps you heal patients better, um, kind of helps you mitigate some things. Um, If all the patients are cured, then you win. However, if you fill up all of their injuries or you get five crisis tokens, you have a code blue. And there's a stack of code blue cards that are bad. Um, And so you pull the code code blue and you have to clear all of the stuff that's on the card or use like sometimes a specialist can help you or else your patient dies and you lose. I think this looks super interesting and I feel like it's really grounded in real medicine, but there's enough, like it's iconography based. So even if you aren't familiar with some of that, um, you can still play the game. So if you're interested in any of that, if you're interested in the medical field, if you are in the medical field, um, I just like to pretend I know a lot about the medical field. Check out Critical Care, the game. Um, six days left on that Kickstarter, and it's 39 bucks um, for the game. And that's like, there's no deluxe. Like, that's it. So I noticed they unlocked on the Kickstarter. There's, um, I mean, you can like pay extra, like you can have, there's add-ons. Um, but like you get these injury and crisis token storage bags that they've got that you get um, upgraded chart player boards. So they're bigger and they're double layer with cutouts for the injury tokens. Like that in itself is totally worth it. Um, some increased like better material and increased thickness on the injury tokens and the crisis tokens. I think it looks like a really cool game. So if you like any of that, check it out. Critical care, the game. It sounds like clinic, but cooperative. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little worried. It sounds like a great game, but I don't know if it's from a good company, if it's a good game. I need to watch some videos on it because that do- it does sound really interesting and fun. Um, I was trying to think of what company he's... I, I think he's publishing it himself. As it should... Uh, that company that does Genotype and like all yeah, those really smart should. games. They should pick it up. That would be cool. 
it doesn't look like because like the name is Lakshman Swami, and he is this ICU oh, yeah. doctor who created probably it. that guy. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it sounds good though. Still, it looks good, and he even um, he's on like there's a live live playthrough where he kind of talks about it. Um, and just about how he wanted to kind of bring his experiences to it. And he actually likes board games. He's backed like eight Kickstarters, it shows on here. So cool. I need to check that out. I know. I really would like you to back this. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You're probably not, but I just want you to know this looks really awesome. It does. I agree with you. It does sound cool. And I will watch that video just to see what I just want to see what it's about and how it plays. Yeah. You never let me play Clinic. So that's why I want to play we, this one. We will play it. We will play it at some point. <laughs> All right, that's all I have for our Kickstarter news section this week. All right, so let's move into some games that we played. So we did play a few games this week. Um, We actually finished playing some games that we picked up at Origins, and we played a game that we bought at a local game store that we didn't buy at Origins because the price was too high. (laughs) You should know what that is, but we'll get to it. So the first one that we want to talk about is a game I've already done a video on because I played it before. I played it with Katie, and it's called the Belgian Beers Race. So um, we played this at two players, just me and Katie. And what you're doing in this game is you are trying to travel around Belgium, visit different breweries to either taste some beer or put buy some beer as like souvenirs or whatever, put it in your backpack, and you're trying to be the first person to get to as many breweries as you can and get back to the Grand Palace in the city center of Belgium. Um, You're moving through the city by one of three different travel methods. You're either going to hitchhike, which is the riskiest. You're going to bus, which is not that risky, but it could be, it's a little more risky, or you can ride a bike. But if you're too drunk from drinking at previous breweries, you can't ride a bike. And if you're even more drunk, you may cost you a lot more time on the bus, a lot more time hitchhiking. And if you get too drunk yet, you can pass out and you can um, injure evening early. You're going to just kind of go around, gather these tokens for points, try to complete objectives like drinking certain color beers in certain locations, moving to certain locations. And you're going to play over three days, and whoever has the most points at the end of all that is the winner. There's a a little bit more to it. It's a lot. Like, there's a lot of tracks and a lot of stuff that you're trying to do, but effectively you're trying to visit the breweries, get some points, and make it back to the city center so you don't lose points. So what did you think of the Belgian beers race? Uh, I really liked it. Um, it in some ways is deceptively simple. It's like, oh, I'm going to go to this brewery. Um, but then how are you going to get there? It's got that time mechanic to where it, it takes time to get somewhere, which I like that th- as a theme. You know, it can take longer um, to bike there, obviously, than it is to hitchhike or ride a bus. So like, that's cool. But then also there's a the mechanic that if I go far or use a lot of time, then someone else may get several turns because whoever is the farthest back in time is whose turn it is. So uh, th- it's like balancing that. Um, there's some in-game goals that you're trying to get as well as um, moving up some tracks on your player board to get points. Um, like the first day that we, because you play over three days, I think the first day we played, like I, my player i just got drunk really fast i i couldn't keep myself from being so drunk because i couldn't just got excited you got excited i couldn't buy any cheese to eat to keep me from getting so drunk and i didn't want to then by the time i was like oh i need to bike to be less drunk because that brisk exercise will help me um i was too drunk to bike (laughs) it's just um i think that's that's fun thematically and funny and um but then like the second day like I was like never, you know, really drunk and I was doing a really good job and I was biking and drinking a lot of beer, but feeling good about it. Like it can change and um, each round can be very different. Um, You want to go to all these places, but you just can't. I like that too. Um, It's, there's some push your luck that you can use as well. And just again, like I love multiple paths to victory. So it's like, okay, am I going to collect a lot of beer to get points for those bottles at the end of the game? Or am I going to spend those so I can get to places quicker and guaranteed in a certain time frame? Um, you know, am I going to buy cheese if I have more cheese and don't eat it? Like I get lots of cheese points. There's these little like, 
during the game goals that I was terrible at getting, like just terrible. Um, because I'm like, oh yeah, I can surely do that. And I'm like, no, there's no place with this black label beer close to me. Dagnabbit. Like <laughs> inevitably you've already passed that. Um, so there's just a lot of good stuff going on, but I don't feel like it's an overwhelming way because you really, uh, once you move to a brewery, it's like, okay, you can only do what the brewery tells you. Taste a beer, buy a beer, possibly buy cheese. Like, that's pretty much it. And then everything else kind of follow, like fires off based on the action. Um, and I think I think the theme is fun and funny. So I, I really enjoyed it, probably because I didn't make it back to City Center um, and lost 15 points and still beat you. Yeah, I, I had a ton of those during game goals, too. And I, I don't know. I thought I was doing all right, but apparently not. Um, there are some breweries you go to that don't give you any actions. You could go to some and do nothing. Um, there's a little bit of player interaction. You can toast other players if you show up where they are. You'll each get rid of a beer cube, and you'll get a little bit drunk. You'll taste some beers, and you'll move on some tracks. Um, but that's effectively it. We do have the expansion now that adds a little bit more. We haven't played with it yet, but it is in there. Yeah, this is a great game. It's basically tracks the Euro game, <laughs> I, so I, I like it. It's it's really good. I enjoy it quite a bit. I'm interested to see it at higher player counts to see how that interaction works. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sure there'll be a lot more toasting because you're just bound to meet up with someone if you're playing a four-player game, I would imagine. Right, and then, like, so the toasting helps raise you on a track to give you more points, but then also if someone's trying to not get too drunk to use certain types of transportation like you can kind of screw them over that way by being like yeah, yeah. toast with me and <laughs> get rid of your them. beer <laughs> they get drunk and then they can't ride a bike anymore <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened to me <laughs> yeah but yeah and but if you don't move up on that track you get negative points so there is some motivation right, to at least right. do it at least once or you're going to be losing five points at the end of the game which is not good yeah but it was it was a good game i'm glad we found it at a good deal so we could get it me too. All right, so the next game, we did pick up at Origins, and I played this with my buddy Brandon, but then we played it as well this week, and it's called Arch Ravels. And this is a game about knitting or crocheting mittens, bl blankets, hats, teddy bears, and... Scarves. What? Scarves to complete projects for people. So maybe someone wants two bears on a blanket or whatever. Or you may want to have your special projects that could be like uh, a cute little octopus or a, dra a little dinosaur or whatever. Snugglesaurus. And the way yeah, Snugglesaurus. And the way you're trying to do that is you're going to be taking an action on your board. You have four actions. You have some shopping. You have some crafting. You'll have your own special action that may let you do some combination of both and break some rules. And you're going to have an exchange, which I've played this game twice and we've never done the exchange action. But So what you're trying to do is you're going to go to the, the main board, get some yarn, put it in your bowl. Then you're going to go craft and you're trying to make these projects using certain colors of yarn. Um, and then once you have projects in front of you, you can either turn them in to learn the project to make it less specific on the color of yarns that you need, or you can keep them in front of you to try to fulfill projects later on. And it's just a race to try to build or make as many things as you can, many projects, because once you get to a certain number of projects remaining, it's going to trigger the end of the game. And then whoever has the most points is the winner. And you don't want to have too much yarn left over because that's negative points. And the production is amazing. Looks great on the table. I like it quite a bit. So what do you think about Arch Ravels? Um, this is one that I really wanted and advocated for. And I was glad that we bought it. Honestly, I don't know if I'd want to play it. I'm a little worried about if I like it at higher player counts because I do like it at two. Um, two is really good. Yeah, because I feel like you're not waiting a long time for your turn. It has the mechanic to where um, you've got four actions you can choose from, but you just can't choose the same action twice in a row. And also each player has like... Um, their own kind of special action that allows them to do something different than other people. So like my person was like a good shopper so she could craft and shop as like her special action. Um, Jason's was like a yarn hoarder or they had their own loom yeah. or something. So I could get three colors of one, three pieces of one specific color of yarn and then um, do a craft. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. I think there's definitely room for expansion. Um, the little projects are fun. Like I got all like almost all the special projects. And Jason's like, oh, man, you're going to win. And I was like, I don't think so. Because he was getting a lot of 
the the pro the the like pro the bigger projects done. So maybe it's like the project's called like BFFs, and so you need two hats, um, two mittens, and two scarves because it's for two best friends. Or you know they're going stargazing, so they need a blanket and they need hats or whatever. Um, and those are different point values, I think, based on how much yarn you're needing and effort you're putting into. And then there's that balance between do I keep this little this piece that I've made and turn it in to complete a project or do I turn it in so I can learn this pattern and actually make it easier for me to make that item in the future. And I like that balance. Um, yeah, the components are freaking fantastic. It's super cute. Um, lots of little nods to other things in there. I, I quite like it actually a lot. And um, I'm interested to see it at more players, but I really do like it too. Yeah. And I did win this one. So for those of you who think I can't win games, I did win this one by like three points. Yeah. So mad at myself. Katie was like, oh, you beat me by like 50 points. And I was like, and I looked at her math. Like, <laughs> I was like, I looked at two cards. It was already over the score that she said she had. I was like, I think you need to add that up again. <laughs> I don't do math. Okay. I don't know what I did. I must have just like left something out or I don't Maybe know. Maybe you didn't hit plus sign or something once. I don't know. It was, it was weird. It was bad. Yeah. It's, it's good though. And I, I played it at two players both times. And I, the only d- difference I can see with four players is one is going to take longer and two, there's going to be more of those special requests in there. So you'll have four for all the players and then four additional if you're playing four players. So instead of having four, you'll have eight. So there'll be a little bit more of those floating around, but I don't see any difference really. I don't know why I'd want to play it at more than two. Yeah, I, I don't either. That seems excessive. All right. And the last game that we played that we're going to talk about is a game that we were going to buy at Origins, but for what this game looked like it was and for what it had in the box... $40 felt like a little too much, so we held off. But then we found it at a game store for $27. I felt better about that. And the game is called Furnace. And Furnace is a a little engine builder. You're playing over four rounds, and you, you're trying to... You're using these four discs that you have that have the value 1, 2, 3, and 4, and you're using them to bid on these different cards that are in a market row. You want to do one of two things with these cards. You're either going to use the card for the compensation... Or you're going to win the card and it's going to become part of your assembly line to production so you can basically convert goods into resources. Now, if you don't win the card and I have a two on the card, I'll get the resources on that card or the action on that card. I can do it two times. If I have my three disc, I can do it three times. But if I win it, I can't take the action. It just comes in my assembly line. So sometimes you're bidding on a place just to get the action. You know you're not going to win it because I'll put my one there, but I need two coal. Because I need coal to run in my assembly line. Or if there's a building that I really want, I'll throw my four down there so I can get it because no one can outbid a four because there can't be the same number and they can't have the same color on a card. So I'm guaranteed that I've won that card. It's it's a pretty simple game to teach. The iconography is really good, but the engine building can get a little heavy as you're going. By, by the time you get to round four, it's going to get pretty complicated to get that engine running, which seems like it's not going to be for as short and as quick of a game as it is. But it's pretty thinky. So what did you think about Furnace? Um, I, I liked it. And actually, I'm really excited to play it again because I think I can do better. <laughs> I Actually, I know I can do better. It's not the best looking game. Like, I wish they had made it the cards better. Oh, I, with I, I like the way it looks. Of course you do. It looks like London, okay? Or <laughs> it brass. Does. It's hideous. It does. I like it. Um. But it is like you're trying to set up the this engine and I like that you're bidding on these cards, but even if you don't win the bid, you still get something. And and trying to balance like, ooh, I want to get something here and I want to get like a multiple of it based on the number of marker I'm playing on the card. Um, but then if I win the card, I don't always get the stuff. I wish there was an easier way to run the engine. I honestly kind of like the advanced rules where you just run it from left to right and it is what it is. Yeah, I I think that actually is the way the game is intended to be played, but I didn't want to do that just the first time playing it. I think it would make it less complicated because at the end, like towards the end, when I've got like nine cards out there, I'm like trying to chain them properly so I can get the resources I need for other places. Um, It... 
it, it just got, I'm like, oh, and then I kept not picking up stuff, which I don't know why that has been a problem for me lately. What was the other game we played where I did that? Uh, it was that Athenium game. Yeah. I, I'm just looking at the card. Why am I not picking up the reasons? Because I just feel like, oh, it's there. I, I don't know. I, could, I couldn't even explain to you my logic on it. It, it was just faulty. So I, I think that there needs to be a simpler way. Like, I'd like it better if you ran it in phases. Like, oh, top phase first, and there's like a bottom phase. Like, I, I just think that would be easier. But that's not how the game's designed. It still is fun because I do love a good engine builder. Like, I really like that. Um, it reminds me of like a more like dark looking art fantastic factories yeah it's it's similar to that i can see that i think the iconography is really good on this though like yeah i just can't follow it it. (laughs) what it says makes sense i mean some of the shapes like the the coal right is is gray for some reason and the cube is black but you know what it is though still yeah other than that like yeah I, i don't like they didn't match up the colors as well but um for the resources which should make sense to me but yeah, I think it is easy to follow, and in nature, it is not difficult. But you have there are some good choices to be made. What cards do you want to go after? Um, how you use your resources? I think that that's that's cool. Like, I liked it. I'm I'm excited to play it again and maybe try it at a higher player count too. Yeah, I I also probably would not play this with someone who has AP. Because I think that could get a little bogged down. Oh my gosh, so. you'd be waiting for 12 hours for them just to pick their number somewhere. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it's it's a lot to think about. Oh, do yeah. you need the resource? Do you want this building? Is it going to go the building you have? It's a lot. For as little as a game as this is, there's a lot to think about. And definitely, like, my turns took longer than they normally would on a game because I was trying to, like, suss out, like, oh, do I want to get this stuff on this card? Like, what? how high of a number can I put? Like, can I even put that number there? Is it going to go somewhere else? Like, what do I already have? Am I duplicating something I already have in my engine so it's worthless? Yeah. A lot, lot, like, lots of good choices with easy gameplay. I do like that a lot. So, yeah, I I like Furnace. And before we move on, I won this game too. Yes. All right, now now we can move on. I, I didn't lose that badly. It was like three points again, okay? That's true. It was three points. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's a pretty well balanced game. It felt like I was getting a lot more points than you, but then I looked back and it was not as far as I thought I was doing. (laughs) At first you, you had momentum early on. And then once I got myself sorted out. Yeah, that's true. It was on for first couple rounds. I was getting a lot more points than you. Yeah. All right. So those are the games that we played some new hotness. And then we have videos for all of these on our YouTube channel. If you want to check them out. So if you want to see my ugly mug and me play through these games poorly, go check them out. I was going to do some talking heads on at least Furnace, but you were like moved on. So, yeah, sorry. I just banged him out. It's fine. No one wants to see me anyway. Or me either, but I put my face out there anyway. <laughs> Speaking of sp- spooky <laughs> things. <laughs> Let's segue into our main topic today. And since it's October, I don't know about you, I've mentioned this before. I love October. I love Halloween. And my students think this is the funniest thing. That I love October. I love fall. I love Halloween. Um, I like like kind of spooky gothic stuff. But I don't like scary things or like horror movies. And that's exactly right. But I do love slightly spooky. I, you know, I like a good like mind games edward gory edgar Allan poe i I like that like creepy witchy fun stuff and i like it in my games and as you noticed jason has been putting out um kind of a playlist of youtube videos that are spooky games so i thought why don't we just tackle and talk about our favorite spooky games we were going to wait till it's closer to actual Halloween, but if you want to get some gameplay in between now and Halloween, or you want to put together a Halloween board game party, you're going to need your info early. Also, spoiler alert, it is just about time for us to start reviewing our top 100 games of the year already. What? what? Right, right. Not just, not the year, but I mean, of all time up to this year. 
Yeah, I don't even think I've played 100 games from this year. <laughs> right. But I think I've played so many new games this year that it's going to rock my top 100 again. That's true. I'm probably there with you. So that's that is happening in the future. But today, let's talk about our top three spooky games. Jace, you can start. All right. So my first one is probably the spookiest one that I think is on the list. Mm-mm. Not necessarily spooky, but maybe like more real life gore. And mm. uh, that's Abomination, the Era of Frankenstein. So th- this had to make the list. I mean, you're going around Paris. You're maybe murdering people in the alley and harvesting their organs. We've talked about this game just not too long ago in the harvesting. Um, you're harvesting their organs to make a Frankenstein monster. Um, that's pretty spooky. Uh, I don't really want to be in a town where people are killing people in the alley and stealing my organs. So, um, yeah. But it's a great game. It's a worker placement game. We have a video. You can go check it out. You're just trying to basically go around to places, gather some cubes, convert those cubes into body parts, and then you're going to shock those body parts to life. Um, it's got a little bit of randomness, which I kind of dig, and some crazy events that may happen. So it's fun. And it has a dark, macabre theme, so it had to be on my list. So my first one, Abomination, the Air of Frankenstein. I really dig this one. I like it. It does have a dark, macabre theme. You could like have no morals and just go and kill people all the time and... Your reputation well, you gotta pay, would suffer. You got to pay off the cops, though. You got to pay off the cops. Right, right. But, or you can, you know, try and teach the university and get some good reputation and not ruin everything. Like, I just, it's a good game. There's lots of parts to balance on that. I I like it a lot. My first one um, is literature related because it's me. <laughs> and I just mentioned Edgar Allan Poe. And my first pick is Mask of the Red Death, based on the short story of the same name by Edgar Allan Poe. So this is creepy for all kinds of reasons. Okay, like in this, you are at a party with all kinds of interesting colored and drawn figures. And everyone is kind of creepy looking. It definitely is Edward Gorey style art. If you don't know who that is, you need to look up his artwork. If you've ever seen... um mystery like masterpiece mystery on like american public broadcasting he does the intro to it and it's fantastic artwork it's creepy and a little bit cartoony almost tim burton-esque i love it um so you are at this party and you're trying to figure out when death is going to arrive and he is moving to different rooms every five minutes uh, ten, 10 minutes I'm not for an sure. hour. 10 minutes, I think, in the hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every 10 minutes until he goes through a whole hour. And you obviously don't want to be in the same room as death because you will die. Um, So you, there's like, it's kind of hit all the places that he will be are hidden. So it's like, I think two different rooms per each 10 hour slot. And then the rest of the number, the rest of the time, the rooms for those times are kind of circulating around. So you've got to find them. So you're a process of elimination, which is difficult because it's like almost impossible to get exactly all the rooms for the time. So you're just hoping that you can find a safe place. And also you can only move really to an adjacent room during that hour. So you have to know if the rooms adjacent to where you are the time before are safe. So there's programming involved. There's um, this like hidden movement. I mean, you're not doing the hidden movement, but you have to program where to be in kind of the second phase of the game. Um, and in the meantime, you're trying to become popular at the party and also gain this information through talking with other people, trying to get a chance to look at the cards to see where death is going to be. Um, and the tension is epic. Like once you start that hour when death moves around, you may have known for a certain, but suddenly you're not certain of anything. And it's just creepy. Am I going to die? Am I going to make it? Am I moving? Oh, man. It's so good. You did the lights on this one, set some creepy music. Oh, yeah. This is Halloween. So my first choice, Mask of the Red Death. Yeah, this one might be creepier than mine. My theme is just dark. It's probably the darkest theme. Mask of the Red Death is pretty tense. I, I'll give you that one for sure. I think my second choice is pretty dark. 
That's true. Here's that is dark. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, so my next one, and I apologize ahead of time because I don't think you can find this game. I'm sorry. I'm being that guy. Um, but it's the hunger. So this was released at Gen Con from Renegade. I think they're probably going to be at Essen as well. But again, I, I don't know. But it's not available to actually buy at stores right yet. I don't think. But this is a deck builder, kind of, where you're trying to move around this town and eat villagers because you're a vampire. And then you're trying to have the most blood, which is points. You may go visit the cemetery to get some more goals. Um, You might go visit the tavern and hunt a bunch of people at once. Uh, You might get some familiars. But you're trying to make it back, do all that, and make it back before sunrise. Because if you can't make it back to a certain point, you will burn up in the sun. So not like a super creepy theme, but it is vampires, and it's a good game, so I think it's fitting for the spooky games list, so that's why it's on my list. So The Hunger. I like this one. I think there's some really like fun, like vampiric um, thematic elements that make it like a good time. I really like it. I like the artwork, too. I think it's fun. Um, I think my second choice is The Darkest. Well, I don't know. Your next choice is pretty dark, too. Um this is a cooperative game, and we haven't played this very often. Part of it is because Jason, for some reason, can't seem to figure out this game. <laughs> I'm I'm awful. I don't. I know how to play games. I can't. I can't do it. The game someday is, I'll figure it out. <laughs> the game is London Dread. Um, in London Dread, you well, we've played the first scenario probably three times. <laughs> you, all we've ever played. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to try something else for crying out loud. <laughs> um, you are working together to kind of un like figure out the story where you're really trying to stop these cultists from like having some creepy sacrifice or something. I'm actually not sure that in yeah, some kind of ritual you're fighting a big bad. I we've played the story three times. I still have no idea what it is. <laughs> well, we're only kind of at the be- at the beginning, but you're trying to stop <clears throat> this kind of ritual. I think they're trying to, I don't know, open a porter to hell or something, you know, the classics. <laughs> Like you do. Cthulhu's um, there. Natharlatep <laughs> is there. You know, all the good right, guys. Everything. There's blood. There's animal sacrifice. Everything. Um, what's neat about this is each person, you've got this like kind of creepy personality backstory um, as these investigators of like the insane and cult or whatever. Um, so you can bring certain elements to the table to kind of try to defeat these different challenges at different places as you move around London. Um, and as you kind of prep then to stop like the final event from happening. Um, and then it, it go, you can go through again, several stories. Um, this has a, an app with narration and some music and background noises that make it even creepier. Um, the art is dark. The things that are happening are dark. The characters' backstories are quite depressing and maybe possibly triggering. But I just, there's some interesting, again, programming mechanics in this one. And I don't really play programming games, but I've mentioned two now that are both creepy. So apparently I like it when you plan against creepy things have possibly um but programming where you need to be um and not just for yourself but so other people can be there at certain times if you need their help or if they need your help like i just think um that is a really neat part of this game and the theme and everything else super creepy yeah, I agree with the creepiness. I think it fits perfectly on this list. And I, I think I need to try... I'm going to read through the rule book again. And we're going to play Scenario 1 for the fourth time. And I think... I want to know if I like this game or not. Because I think I do, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, so that's London Dread. I, I feel like you would like it, but I don't know. Maybe we need to bring somebody else in. We did. We brought Brandon in, but I mean, that's not a ton of help, really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my last one is a pretty dark theme as well, and a weird. It's weird and bizarre and dark, and it is called Don't Turn Your Back. So this is a a deck-building worker placement game that's based on some RPG called Don't Close Your Eyes or something like that. I think that's right. I don't know. I don't know RPGs. But um, it's this weird city where you can't go to sleep because if you go to sleep, people will kill you. So you're trying to figure out ways to stay awake and all that kind of thing. And that's what the theme of this game is. It doesn't come through in this game that much other than the weird pictures. But 
what you're doing in this game is you are building your deck. Each of the cards are going to have different locations that they can go to on this board. They might be able to go to the high school. They might be able to go to the bazaar. They might be able to go to the city, and that'll be where you'll use them for their pain value to buy additional cards into your deck. Um, the Wax Museum is where you can encase some of your cards to get them out of your deck, but they're going to score points at the end of the game. But the interesting thing about this one is everybody has their own decks and their own market that they're buying from. So we all have the same cards. We all start with the same cards. But as we're playing the game, we're going to be buying from our own market and we'll be buying those cards in different orders. So we're going to always have different cards that we're playing than everybody else. So it feels like we have different decks, but really we're just playing them in different orders. So it's kind of interesting. Not a lot of games do that and I kind of dig it. So because of the creepy theme, the weird art, and it's just a great game. I had to put it on the list, so don't turn your back. Yeah, I really, I love deck building, and I like a lot of, like, the different things that they, that it does, as because it's like deck building plus a board together, and I think that's cool, and it, it like, the art is super creepy. Yeah, it's like photorealistic art with, like, bizarre, like, pictures overlapping it's it's weird it's weird yeah but it still is a really good game and like kind of under the radar and i think more people should talk about it personally good game i agree my last one is like the opposite of all the ones you talked about almost (laughs) definitely the darkest game on the list (laughs) definitely this one will give you nightmares uh this is actually a game i played a lot as a child well i mean i was not quite super young but i was younger and that game is 13 dead and drive so in this game um you control a number of heirs i always played with my sister so there were two of us so we had lots of heirs i don't know that you were supposed to really play with two i think there yeah, were, i don't I, I don't think so i think there are some that you set aside actually as at two players so you don't know everybody um but there's this portrait on the wall that sh- has pictures of everybody in it that are heirs to this woman. Um, and the portrait that's showing is the person who is going to get all of her money, hence win the game. So you are trying to move characters around this house, 13 Dead and Drive, that is totally booby-trapped to bump them off um, so that you can be the last one alive and win the inheritance. Or you could get out the door while your picture is Correct. up in the portrait. Yep. Um, I played this a lot with my sister. I haven't played it lately. We do have a copy of 1313 Dead and Drive, which I think is a later version of it. Yeah, it's a little different. It doesn't have the portrait, but everything else is the same. It doesn't have the portrait? No, you do it based on like this grid of cards down in front of you. So basically the portrait's been moved to like a little layout of cards in front of the board. That's not as good. Okay, it's not as good. It's not as good, but it was probably cheaper. (laughs) I, I guess that's true. But I played the OG version. It was really fun um, because like the pieces are interactive. You can like knock, like f- make somebody fly down the stairs, um, have the statue topple over on top of them. They can climb up the ladder on um, a bookcase and the ladder falls over. They can get smashed by the chandelier. They can get tossed into the fireplace. All kinds of fun stuff. Um, so you can, and anyone can move any character. So, and you're trying not to be obvious about who you are cause you're hoping to get out and win the money, um, while bumping other people off, but also keeping your characters from getting killed off. It's like a fun game, obviously like macabre in theme, really. Um, but done in like a lighthearted, like really fun way. And I, I've loved this game so much a kid. So my last choice is 13 Dead and Drive. Yeah, it's about as macabre as like um, Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote is, <laughs> right. that kind of thing, you know. It's hard to stay alive at 13 Dead and Drive. That's true. <laughs> um, so we do have some honorable mentions. We're not going to spend a ton of time on them, but these are some other ones that you can check out if you're interested in them. We have videos on our channel of all of these except for one, and that'll be the first one, and that's Broom Service. Mm. game about witches and druids making some deliveries not super spooky but it has witches in it true um salem 1692 social deduction game where you're trying to figure out who's a witch and who isn't a little creepier because you're gonna be turning people into witches uh ancient terrible things cthulhu yahtzee you're trying to go around to these locations roll some dice get some faces so you can defeat the the big bads at these spaces uh bring out your dead about burying your dead relatives 
not super creepy, like a like a spooky game, but the theme is just odd and kind of dark. So I feel like it should be on the list. It's such a good game, too. It is. It's a great game. It's a great game. Uh, best candy on the block. Not spooky or creepy at all, but it's just Halloween themed. It's a trick-taking game where you're trying to collect different types of candy. It's adorable. No one has this game again. Sorry. Um, Sorry. But it's it's fun. H.H. Uh, Holmes Murder Castle is kind of a creepy one because you're inside H.H. Holmes Mansion trying to find some evidence so you can turn H.H. Holmes into the police. Creepy theme. And keep him from killing you. And keep him from killing you. Yeah, that's the key. Uh, campy Creatures. Campy. It's in the name. It's about the old like Hollywood monsters like the Blob and Frankenstein and all that kind of thing. Trying to eat some villagers. Silly theme, but it fits. Zombie Dice. Zombie Yahtzee. Uh, it's just dice with some brains on it, but it's zombies, so therefore that's a good Halloween game. And Demon Worker, cartoony, but you're taking on the role of like Beelzebub and Asmodeus, trying to send your little demons out to gather some souls for hell. Um, kind of a creepy theme, but super cute art. <laughs> so if you're looking for a silly worker placement game, check that one out. And um, we had someone mention, I don't know when she's going to catch up to this episode, but... Um, one of our Australian listeners um, mentioned that she doesn't often get on Facebook to check what we're doing and talking about on The Riveted, which you really should join hashtag The Riveted on Facebook. Um, so Jason posed this week's question about spooky games and we got some feedback. So someone mentioned Ghost Fighting Treasure Hunters. I know nothing about this. I've never heard of this game, but of course I'm not the right person to ask about that i know of the game but we haven't played it which is also part of the reason why it hasn't been on our list so right but i am intrigued i have to tell yeah, for you for sure for sure it, it, it has adorable little little ghosts in it um horrified which i have played and i you know it's a cooperative game right yeah it's like pandemic ish yes um with like all these monsters i like the old school monsters that are in the game i think that's fun i don't love that it's cooperative, even though I guess I had one on my list, but it's still, I, I do like that the horror theme, and they have the American um, version of the horror characters. Uh, Sas- Sasquatch. I mean, I do love me a good Squatch. <laughs> but other than that, I, I do like the original. Uh, I think characters are horrified the best. Mysterium, yes, I like that. That seance-esque, I, its production quality is really great. I like the artwork, and um, the little like crystal balls that you use. I like those type of games where it's like, here's a clue and everyone works. Everyone tries to figure it out. Um, Jason does not like that game, but that's okay. I like it a lot. Actually. I don't, I don't hate it. It's just not my favorite. Uh-huh. Um, Betrayal house on the hill. Yes, that is creepy. Absolutely. Um, I don't like the idea of someone turning traitor at the end. And I'm like, man, we worked so hard together. And now this person has to come after me. That irritates me. Um, I'd like to play the Scooby-Doo one just because I absolutely love Scooby-Doo. And I feel like I could overcome my annoyance with the original game for Scooby-Doo. I really do. Um, But yes, creepy, super kind of like, let's go through this house. Oh my gosh, now all these rats are after me. Like crazy stuff happening. Bloody Inn, absolutely. Uh, I really like that game. And we have the Carnies expansion. Carnies scare me. I'm not going to lie. If you're Carney and you listen to us, I'm happy to hear you out. Um, But right now, uh, they scare me. So that it has this really great creepy artwork that's like uh, not clearly defined end lines and but it has this really dark palette of reds and blacks and a little bit of orange as highlight. It looks so good and you're basically trying to kill off people, get people to stay in your ho- in your inn and then you kill them off and then you have to get rid of their bodies for the police find out. Amazing. I mean, like you, like you should. Like, I mean, like you're gonna you kill do. somebody. You gotta bury them. Come on. Right. Obviously, you can't just leave them in the room dead. Like, come on. Uh, that it's again kind of ridiculous, like macabre theme, but in done in such a fun way. Um, so I mentioned ghost stories, and we actually used to have that game, and I don't think I ever played it, but Jason did. It is notoriously a very difficult game. 
It's awful. It's awful. It is brutal. And I tend to have trouble with games that just beat you repeatedly. And I've heard Ghost Stories is one of those games. Um, Is it creepy? Uh, It's just about like monsters coming to attack you in like uh, the town. So it has like a ghost. It just has ghost themes. So yeah, kind of. Japanese ghosts. Are Japanese ghosts scarier than like American ghosts? pictures are pretty scary <laughs> okay that's also probably why i didn't play it because i probably would have gotten scared by the pictures um and last but certainly not least a game that i got we got pretty early on in our collecting and that is gloom i love gloom so gloom has that interesting like card mechanic where the cards are clear and you're layering them on top of each other and the idea is to make um other your family as miserable as possible before you kill them off and to make everyone else's family happy because if they're happy it's negative points um this like appeals to like the like 90s like um Adam's family yeah Adam's family <laughs> it, it is very much like that the artwork also Edward Gorey esque which I love as I've mentioned before there's some creepy family members in there there's a bunch of different types of this game, like expansions, um, themes, but it's all just on the creep side. And I love, like, you can get the storytelling tell- element where you're like, oh, you know, oh, she got diphtheria. And someone's like, oh, but um, she had hot cocoa and was happier. And you're like, ah, oh, dang it. <laughs> Quit making my people happy. I, I like that a lot. Like, there's some cool stuff going on in Gloom. So thank you guys for giving us those shout outs and suggestions of your favorite spooky games. Yeah, that's a lot of spooky games. So if you're having a Halloween party and you want to play some games, we have the list for you. There should be at least a couple on there that you want to play. Right. And hopefully, I hope you guys found something new that maybe you want to check out and get yourself a little treat for this Halloween. You like that? You see how I did that? Like trick or treat, right? Yeah, good job. Well played. Yeah, that was like professional stuff right there. I know. Look at that. Pretty okay. What? <laughs> Maybe eventually after year three, we'll graduate from pretty okay to just like okay. regular okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if we didn't mention your favorite spooky game or you didn't get a chance to jump in on our earlier Facebook posts, please let us know on social media of your choice so you can um, hit us up on Facebook. If you're not a member of Hashtag The Riveted and you're active on Facebook, dude, what are you doing? You need to be a part of us. One of us. One of us. Resistance is futile. It is a great group sharing fun things, um, just talking about games, helping each other out. It's it's great. Great place on the internet. If that's not your speed and you're more into Instagram, send us pictures of spooky games. I am intrigued by shiny things. So yes, if you show me a game, then maybe I will go out and get it. Unless it's got scary ghosts on it, like Ghost Stories does, apparently. Um, Or give us a little shout out on Twitter. I don't know how that works. I don't understand retweeting. Um, But you do. And if you do, you go ahead and do retweet. Hashtag BGM Mechanic Spooky Games or whatever. Make up your own hashtag um, to tell us what games are your favorite for Halloween. And of course there's YouTube. Check out that playlist that Jason put together on YouTube of all of all of our reviews on games that are spooky and slightly Halloween in theme. And as always check out our friends over at the board game rundown. Um, They have a good podcast and I was listening to their episode today and Tim said, we never talk about him. So Tim, we like you the most. Then Bob, then Spencer, then Jeff, then the, everybody else at the game store that you have your video in, and then Dan. And then the stranger on the street out in front of the game store that I've never <laughs> met yet, and then Dan. Yeah, he felt bad that we never talked about him, and then he wondered if it was worse to be Dan who gets called out every time, or to be him that never gets called out at all. <laughs> Sorry, Tim, I didn't realize that we hadn't talked about you in a while. What do you want us to say about you? If you want to write up a script, I'll be happy to read it on our next episode. <laughs> Tim is amazing. Tim likes to play terrible games. Tim is a good friend. But there Tim but Tim likes minis. What a shame. <laughs> Tim's likes minis. He has lost some points. <laughs> Tim likes games where people attack each other and Rolf to resolve combat. <laughs> why, oh why, does Tim like bad games? <laughs> we'll write you a song, Tim. <laughs> that was like a that was like a poem. <laughs> Slam poetry. <laughs> 
Yeah. So just go check them out. That they're pretty solid. They'll talk about stuff that we don't talk about, so you can have even more games that you can go spend some money on. That's what we're here for. I I think that's it. That concludes our spooky game episode. <laughs> that was spooky. That's the spookiest thing we've done all all, all day. Great. I really wish I could do like a bit surprise laugh. So when you edit this and I go, ah, 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 you need to put his laugh in there like I'm doing it. I'm not going to do that. Oh, man. It'd be so I do, great. I do have a Vincent Price intro that I'm going to do. It's like uh, it's our intro with Vincent Price laughing over the top. So he'll be in here somewhere. Okay. If you want to talk about really scary movies, Vincent Price movies are where it's at, my friends. That's true. He's great. He's great. Okay. Well, we have rambled on enough. I don't even know how long this episode is. Thank you guys for hanging in there with us as we have gone on and on, including talking about spooky pictures of Jason and his bad fashion choices. <laughs> so now they're spooky. Fine. Great. It went with the theme. I'm just rolling with it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. <laughs>